Welcome to our Apostolic Mentoring Weekly Podcast, where powerfully anointed kingdom servants equip, impart, and help to position God's people for apostolic ministry. Our purpose is to establish the biblical apostolic pattern globally so that the army of God will be apostolic in word and deed, facilitating God's global harvest. Here's your host, Charles Robinette.
we're so thankful to have you with us and uh, delighted to to have you here today. Tell our uh, our viewership and our readership a little bit about uh, the title of your book and how you started to write it. What was the idea there? Yes, sir. Well, number one, uh, Doc Jackson, I love you. You are my friend. You've been a great friend to our family and uh, just a gift to the kingdom of God. And so I'm I'm just thankful to to get to sit down with you and talk about this book. It means a lot to me. I'm also very appreciative of Apostolic Review and and them being so open to to helping us promote this book and make an imp- a kingdom impact. And so, um, yeah, we're really excited about this book. Uh, the book title is called Radically Apostolic Reality, the Journey and the Reward of the Call of God. And um, really, this this book has been a long time in the making, um, not intentionally and not purposely uh, in the making. But I think it was maybe two years ago, I was uh, at the Virginia District uh, um, Camp Meeting. I was preaching that, uh, I believe it was the Friday night, the last service of the Virginia District Camp Meeting. And it was after the service, I was sitting at a table with Brother Michael Robinson, who is the um, just a great servant to uh, Bishop Jack Cunningham and just a great man of God. And um, him and his wife were sitting with me and we were just chatting about the kingdom of God and miracles and signs and wonders and the process of, of you know, getting to an apostolic ministry. And, um, you know, Brother Robinson just looked at me and he said, Brother Robinette, you've got to write a book. And, you know, to be very honest, Doc, um, you know, many people have said that over the years. And uh, the task uh, or the process of writing a book has always seemed so um, just beyond my reach. Uh, you know, maybe I'm not educated enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. I, those are, that's the way that I felt. And I remember, um, you know, Brother Robinson, you know, um, looked at me and he said, Brother Robinette, writing a book is so simple. (laughs) He said, all you have to do is write six pages a day. He said, get up. He said, just as easily as you hear from God with a with a message for Sunday morning or Friday night, whatever you're preaching, he said, get up and, and follow that inspiration of the Holy Ghost, write six pages a day. He said, you, you, you'll finish, you know, a hundred days later, you got all these 600 pages or whatever. (laughs) And, um, you know, of course that's, that's not the type of book I wanted to write. Um, but you know, when, when brother Robinson said that, I just thought, Oh my goodness. You know, that's so simple. Six pages a day, just hear from God. That's so simple. As a as a preacher, we do that every week. We, you know, we do we hear from God for our people. We get these messages, these words from the Lord that, you know, we put into 20 pages of notes when we walk to a pulpit and we have heard from God. It's not very different to to do that with a with something that God inspires you to write for, you know, a book. And so I, I knew that I wanted to compile something. I knew that God wanted me to compile something that would be a, um, you know, a strategic for the kingdom, that would be an apostolic resource that would put tools in the hands of the next generation to, you know, I remember, um, you know, when I was, you know, pursuing apostolic ministry, thank, thank the Lord for my pastor. I had that incredible opportunity of apostolic exposure, but I can't say that I had 
you know, the tools. I didn't even know what the process was, what the journey was, how to, how to get from, you know, A to Z from, from wanting apostolic ministry to operate in an apostolic ministry. And so, you know, the inspiration for this book was how do I put the tools into the hands of the next generation? How do I, how do I give somebody the, the tools that I didn't have, you know, and, and give them a step-by-step process and the reality of how to get from a desire for, for operating in apostolic ministry to actually, you know, the act of operating in apostolic ministry. I think that certainly speaks to a couple of questions that I had. And, and one of those was just kind of how this fits into your schedule, because we joked at the beginning about the numerous titles that we could call you, but <laughs> in actuality, all of those titles relate to, uh, to basically roles that you have played within the kingdom of God. Uh, certainly when our relationship began to become a routine and regular part of my life, you were a pastor um, at a local church in Vienna serving as a missionary under the UPCI, but you were also the general superintendent there. Um, you've since uh, continued to be involved in a number of international apostolic crusades uh, and serve uh, many of those crusades as a team leader in sort of organizing and, and getting boots on the ground for some of those crusades. And so, um, and there's an itinerant ministry of um, speaking at missions conferences in the North American church and, and various um, duties that you have. And so, um, you know, I, I know that you have you have uh, a wife, Stacy, two beautiful children, and so there's always a, a challenge with your time. And so, just from a practical standpoint, I, I know it sounds like that you've approached this as as you receive a, a inspiration from the Lord regarding a message to preach in the pulpit. You've approached this book in that way, but I think most of our listeners would kind of know how you approach about putting notes down for a, for a sermon and sort of that weekly routine of working through that. But what have you done in terms of writing? I know that you have a good deal of travel. Do you set aside, you know, Monday from 8 to 10, I'm going to write? Or do you catch it in airports? Is it late night when the kids have gone to bed or uh, maybe when you and your wife are reading or something? Where does writing work in your schedule? Yes, sir. Um, Well, thank you. Uh, You know, I, I wish that I could say that the moment Brother Robinson you know, made that uh, very clear connection from inspiration to putting it on paper that I started writing immediately. <laughs> I didn't. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that was probably two, maybe three years ago when he, uh, you know, spoke that into my spiritual system uh, or the process into my spiritual system. But it wasn't until um, COVID um, you know, this pandemic that we're experiencing right now that the Lord spoke to me, um, one, one morning in prayer and said, um, (laughs) here's the title of your book and here's the chapters in your book. And, um, and that's really how, how the inspiration came. You know, I was seeking the Lord. What is, what is the answer for the next generation? What is the solution? What are the steps that we can do to get the next generation into active, apostolic ministry and demonstration and power. And I felt like that's what's in this book is what the Lord spoke to me. And so it was in COVID that the Lord actually spoke to me to write three books. And um, uh, two of them are complete. A third is almost done. Uh, But this one here, um, I, I started in COVID basically getting up every morning at about, uh, I guess it was about 7 a.m. every, every morning. Um, Monday through Saturday, every morning, 7 a.m. wrote <laughs> until my wife said, stop. 
<laughs> and so um, I wish I could say that I did what for the Robinson said where I did six pages. But the reality of the matter was it's just like preparing a message in the fact that once you get into that that inspiration of God's zone, you know, you almost need somebody to hit you over the head with a baseball bat to stop, you know, writing. And so, um, you know, I would get to writing every day, Doc, and I would start um, just that inspiration would hit me and I would just become completely oblivious to everything around me and, um, you know, just write until I felt like or until my wife felt like I was done for the day. And so um, that's kind of how it happened is I just, you know, immersed myself in the writing process early in the morning until late in the evenings. You say that, um, obviously with some humor, um, I know sister Robinette and, uh, I know that, uh, that humor is partially true. And part of it is true <laughs> that, that, uh, you know, we, we do need balance in our lives. And yes, sometimes when we connect with the spirit in terms of any type of ministry, whether that's a speaking ministry, whether it's a writing ministry, a serving ministry, um, uh, an intercessory ministry, or however we, yes, uh, whatever handle on the plow that we find, and we say, wait, God is working with me in this process. Mm. We need people to sort of dial us back and say, hey, wait a minute, uh, it's your time. Uh, so, um, <laughs> amen. What's I, I guess what's been what's been the most satisfying part of of writing this particular work for you? What's been the most what brings you the most joy or most satisfaction as you reflect on it uh, in, in terms of the writing process and what you feel the Lord has had to produce? What's, what's been the most satisfying part? Well, um, let me just make, make one observation, something that uh, Pastor Aaron Soto uh, from Appleton, Wisconsin, said to me years ago, and I really think it's true. I, I'm sure that everybody has a different opinion of, on this, and, and that's their right. But this really seemed to resonate in my spirit and helped me to um, maybe do things in a way that was better for my family. And, um, you know, I'm, an, I'm a pretty intense guy. You know that, Doc. And, and I can get overboard driven when I feel like I've got something that God said to do. I can almost become just a real terrible um you know at everything else as i'm pursuing you're, you're, that you're that driven vision. you're driven you're driven yes that's sir. fair and aaron said to me uh pastor soto said something to me he said um he said he said charles he said there's no such thing as balance in the kingdom of god he said if you're chasing balance you're chasing a ghost you'll never be able to get your hands on it he said but as men of god we've got to be fair and he said there are seasons in your ministry where there's nothing you can do about it. The ministry is demanding at times. But when that demanding season con- concludes, then then you've got to show your family that you can be fair to them with as just, just as much pass- passion, just as much drive that you may put you know, three months into writing a book or six months into writing a book. But when that ends, your focus has to shift and you've got to be fair to your babies and you've got to be fair to your wife. And they've got a sense that, that yes, you are driven for the kingdom, but you're also driven for them. And so I've tried doc to, I I can't say I've always succeeded. I wish I could say that were true. Um, but, but I can't say it's true, but, but I do feel like in the last four, maybe five years, the Lord has really helped me to to take those words that Pastor Soto said and to try to be very fair to my my precious daughters and to my precious wife. And so 
even though when it came to this book writing process that that we've been in since this pandemic began, yes, I was very driven. Yes, I needed somebody to hit me over the head with a baseball bat and say it's time to eat. Um, but when it ended, um, matter of fact, when it ended, uh, we went uh, for for seven or eight days to Spain together as a family. We swam in the ocean. We we you know cooked out. We had great fellowship with our friends and. We, we basically were fair. I, I basically shut off the book process and I went into family process. And, yeah. and so I think that's, that's the, you know, important to remember is if you're, if you're trying to be balanced, you probably won't achieve, you know, if you're trying to be balanced all the time, you probably won't achieve those things, those seasonal moments where God is calling you into a deeper, uh, move, uh, uh, you know, a very specific direction, you may not be able to attain it if you're trying to be balanced. But if you give yourself fully to that in that moment, realizing that when this ends, and it will end, everything in the kingdom of God is seasonal. When that yeah. season's done, yeah. it's time to shift back to the family and love them and protect them and provide for them and 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 be there for them. And so I've tried to do that. I, I want to be better at it. I want to be a better dad, a better father, a better husband. And so I'm trying, you know, at in my life to make those decisions that help me um, be fair and that they understand I'm fair so that none of those three precious girls resent the ministry or resent, you know, the investment that I've put into writing this book. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think as, as we both reflect on that, it's, uh, we are in similar phases of life in terms of our, of our age bracket and demographic. And I, I think sure. it took me three decades to figure out two very important facts. And, I'm ashamed that it took me this long, but uh, yeah, those <laughs> those very important facts are number one, I'm not enough. Um, wow. I, I'm I'm wow. not enough to manage my garage, much less the rest of my wow. life. Uh, but uh, God is more than enough, uh, even in my weakness and my uh, lack of abilities of organization, administration, or even inspiration. And so, if I combine the fact that realizing I'm not enough and He's more than enough. That gives me a, a, a great sense of calm in approaching Amen. the things that I need to do. So, Amen. Um, well, I, I'm, you may have given a hint at this, but you said that some of the satisfying parts of seeing this to, to come to fruition. What are some of the challenges of writing that you run into? And you've already mentioned, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the work of the churches doesn't stop. Uh, right. You know, the need for fundraising, frankly, um, as a missionary doesn't stop. Um, the, the, the roles of husband and father don't stop. What are some of the other challenges that you found in just the writing process? Um, is editing easy? Is it easy to turn your work over to others and say, hey, tear this up and, and improve it? Uh, how does that feel? Yeah, you know, um, I thought that writing this book was hard. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me just say this because I think every, you know, book writer will think this is, is so funny because, you know, when I finished this book, Doc, I had... 400 and I think it was 86 pages written and buddy did I feel like I've waxed poetically I mean I had I had heard from God and now look, look out look God. out David Bernard look out David Bernard I got a multi-volume <laughs> systematic theology right here right here yeah. yeah so I summed up you know all Bible theology in 400 and something pages 480 yep. something pages whatever yep. and yep. and not only did I wax poetically but God had gifted me to write with such excellence in grammar that I mean, people no, were going to just, 
read this book and go, you know, angels were going to sing. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and, you know, that excitement when that final, you know, T was crossed and that I was dotted and that period went at the end of that book and it just closed and it was fabulous, dynamic, revelatory. And I sent it to the grammatical editor, you know, then I realized writing a book is not very easy. It just became extremely brutally painful. It just, you know, I felt so dumb. I felt so ignorant. I felt just like, oh my goodness. You know, I thought this was the most poetic, you know, excellent, you know, anyhow. So the most difficult, challenging parts of this book was not writing it. The most difficult part was bearing your soul to two, three, four people and giving them, submitting yourself to them and giving them that right to, to, you know, not just correct the grammar and show you how, you know, incompetent you were, you know, with the English language, but also to some of the things that you feel so such inspiration about writing and some of the things that were so therapeutic when you put on paper may not be therapeutic for God's people. They may not be edifying for God's people. And so submitting your, your, this, this masterpiece um, to these editors, both the grammar editor and a content editor and saying, I submit myself. You just tell me what what's not going to serve the kingdom. You tell me what's not a blessing to God's people. It may have blessed me putting on paper. I'm free now. Now I'm my my soul is clean and I've I've let it all loose. But but that may not be what God's movement needs to be an apostolic movement. And so, um, you know, I sent it first to a grammar editor. That was a grueling process that just about destroyed my my confidence as a man. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then of course I submitted this book to three people. Um uh brother Aaron Soto, uh uh brother Raymond Woodward and brother Joel Holmes and I asked all three of them to review this book and approach the content uh prayerfully and if there was anything that they felt should not be in this book that it would not serve the movement, that it, it, it glorified the flesh and not God, that there would be no resistance from me. I would take it out immediately. And so I'm very thankful. I, I want to be very transparent. You know, when Brother Aaron Soto got a hold of my book, um, to be very transparent, that's been the most difficult part because, you know, he has been such a gift from God. He's such a dear, close friend. And when he approached this book, um, you know, there were a lot of things that I felt were going to be a kingdom blessing that, you know, I realized through my friend and through his directness, this is not going to help God's movement and it's not going to help God's people. And that's, so that's, that's different, isn't it? I mean, that's different from a sermon because we get yes. a sermon, we pray about it, we, we fast, we seek God. Yes. And we go to the pulpit with anointing and, you know, some, sometimes we mess it up. Sometimes, uh, sometimes yeah. we, we do okay. Um, God yeah. works through all of it, but we kind of know how that works. But, uh, um, and, and people in the moment with, uh, you know, there's the worship that's already occurred. There's the, there's the response time or the altar service that's coming and the spirit, the spirit has a way of constructing a service. When you write yeah. a book, you don't have those benefits. Um, certainly the spirit is able to do its work, 
but people are reading in a very different context than they're worshiping yes. and approaching a, a sermon. Yes. And so, um, you know, it, some things that might be beneficial in conversation, for instance, and, and you and I have yes. talked about this, are not necessarily beneficial in a printed work because there's not the context. We don't we don't have the value of of body language or intonation or right. saying, hey, I'm telling you this because I love you or, hey, I want to tell you this, but it's uh, uh, this is something that I went through and maybe it'll be instructive for you. Right. When we turn to a written work, it, it is different. And I, I, I've heard from you as you've gone through this process that that is a, uh, you know, in, in separate conversations that this is that's been a that's been a challenge. Well, I, yes, I'm so sir. glad that you've negotiated all that. I'm so glad that you said that you and Aaron are friends, not were friends. And uh, you know, for writers and editors, that's an important that's an important distinction. So we're so thankful for that, and, and I appreciate the guys that uh, that have weighed in uh, and, and ladies Amen. in terms of, of helping this work come to pass and 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 be better. I I'm with you. When I finish writing, um, often I feel like this sense of accomplishment and. Wow, yeah. you know, and uh, I'm almost <laughs> offended if someone wants to change it. But I, I have to admit that that many times uh, those changes are they are for the better, and all of our all well. Of our and you know, are, when those changes, when this process of editing first started, you know, you really have to wrestle with pride, and yeah. and and that's really one of the greatest challenges that I, I faced was, you know, I felt like initially. Um, I felt like my work that God asked me to do is being torn apart. You know, these things that I put on paper that I thought were so God inspired are now being, you know, shredded. And, and so swallowing my pride and being willing to look at this through somebody else's eyes is such a critical, critical part of the book writing process. And if you are writing a book, if you don't, you know, have a team of people that you're willing to submit to, you probably shouldn't write because what you're going to write could potentially be damaging, not just to the kingdom, but even to you, because you write from, you know, one perspective, but the reader reads from another. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's so it's, important it's to, have that. to have that. It's great to have that honest feedback and constructive feedback. Yes, better, better to have our friends tell us what can improve oh, the way that yes. we're communicating. Uh, than than to leave potential for um, yes you know there's there's our reputation but that in the end of the day is 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 very right. much a a, a a light thing a light consideration the more yes, serious sir. considerations as you said that the the kingdom of God advances rather than than regresses so um, enough about the technicalities and the process I, I think suffice to say um, our friend H. Osborne said that. Uh, Writing a book is easy. It's like birthing a rocking chair. Um, it's, it's, it's painful and, and awkward for everyone. But uh, um, having having, having uh, gotten it uh, this close to the finish line, and, and we're looking over the next few weeks to months to see that and and, and all of that. Um, who's going to benefit from this book? Who who who's going to who's going to pick this up in, in your mind's eye and, and say, "Wow, this was this was worth my time." Well, number one, I really pray that that the next generation which you and I both know are chomping at the bit to do something great from God yeah. or for God and they're already just they're they're feeling this calling this apostolic shift they sense this apostolic shift in the world and they're hungry for it they want to be a part of it and so I pray that this is something that affects generations the 
the generation coming behind us and the generation coming behind them that that they'll take these tools that this would just be one of many tools that that God is inspiring his servants to write in this hour to facilitate the greatest harvest this world has ever seen. So I hope that that it's the next generations and even those in our generation too, but but I'm really writing with those who are hungry for apostolic ministry in mind, and not just within the United Pentecostal Church, uh, which I love. I'm a I'm a faithful you know minister in the United Pentecostal Church, but I believe that there uh, there's a multi organizational global harvest that's getting ready to happen. I believe there's organizations out there that are that are pursuing apostolic doctrine, apostolic you know distinction, and even apostolic operation, and so. I'm hoping and praying that God will open the doors that this book can can be a part of bringing other organizations that are pursuing apostolic ministry, you know, into the fullness of the truth and into the fullness of apostolic operation and, and apostolic distinction as well. And so um, that's really a prayer of mine is that this has a very broad impact on the kingdom of God, not just in one organization, but but across multiple organizational platforms. And then thirdly, you know, there's so much, um, you know, apostolic doctrine in this book and so many um, sections that refer to the critical, you know, you know, faith in God, repentance, infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, baptism in Jesus' name, and holiness. So I really hope that there's even those who will pick up this book just because maybe the cover or maybe the title inspires them or the Holy Ghost inspires them to just grab it, these unbelievers that pick it up. And as they're reading it, I pray that the truth that's in these pages will cause them to come to the revelation you know, of apostolic truth and and then you know, turn into that apostolic believer that turns the world upside down. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, for those who may be unaware, uh, one of the most intriguing aspects of um, uh, our connection in ministry and something that I have I've been privileged to be involved with is uh, the uh, the German speaking nations has a, an AMTC or Apostolic Ministry Training Center. Uh, it's very similar to um, and, and somewhat overlapping with things like Purpose Institute or GATS. Uh, it's it's a it's it's a, a model of training uh, leaders in churches uh, for service regarding apostolic demonstration, doctrine, distinction, etc. Um, but what's been amazing in the German speaking nations is to see many um, uh, of their non apostolic pastors and leadership teams that have become affiliated with. Um, the apostolic people of the United Pentecostal Church International through that connection and through that training. And so we've seen entire church leadership teams, um, for instance, receive the revelation of oneness of God in Christ, receive the revelation of the need for baptism in the name of Jesus, uh, receive the revelation of apostolic distinctions in terms of uh, gender distinctions and modesty of dress. And so some of those things have been just uh, phenomenal. And and so what I hear with regarding to your work is that it might not only be for the classic young apostolic minister who's already part of our uh, belief system or understanding of the Book of Acts Revival, but it might be for someone who is not traditionally of our particular fellowship who picks this right. up and gets a spark. And so um, I would join you in that prayer that uh, that, that would be uh, 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 an outcome of this book, that it could Amen. bless people 
um, all over. So I can I can certainly see this being beneficial for for lots of folks to, to put it in their hands who are already sort of here in terms of doctrine and distinction, but are awaiting that demonstration. But there are those who are already practicing demonstration who need to know doctrine and distinction. Amen. This could be a this could be a a tool there. So um, so very thankful, and and I know uh, I want to wrap up our time because I know that you're quite busy, and and as well as our listeners. But um, if you um, if if you if you have sort of a, a 60 second elevator speech that says, Hey, uh, pick up this book and invest your time in it. Uh, what's the, what's the take home message of this book? What's somebody when they finish with it? Um, and it's probably going to be less than 486 pages. I would imagine after the editors are finished, but, <laughs> well, Aaron's already got it down to 372. So I've lost a hundred <laughs> pages. Thanks to my dear friend. We're only we're only two more editors away from a pamphlet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's so, going to be uh, one statement the, at the end. That's right. Right. So, so what's the, what's the take home message going to be? What's what are people going to remember after they finish this? Well, number one, God has called you to be apostolic, and number two, you can be apostolic. Okay. It's it's not as complicated as as we sometimes let the enemy convince us that it is. It is the absolute will of God that every man and woman on the face of this planet operate in apostolic ministry in a way that glorifies God. And and yes, there's a reality to apostolic ministry. Yes, there's a journey to it. But yes, dear friend, there is a reward to apostolic ministry. And that's what I would want people to understand is don't give up in the reality and don't give up in the journey. Because you're you're just a step away from seeing the greatest demonstration of the Spirit, the greatest miracles, the greatest signs and wonders, the greatest blessings. And so just have faith in God. Just have faith in your calling. Just, just keep on keeping on. And you're going to make it. You're going to be apostolic. You're going to, you're going to. You're going to see the reality of of the kingdom of God in this world with your own eyes. And so uh, let's be radically apostolic. We can do it. It's going to happen. Amen. Well, we have 8 billion reasons. uh, You better believe it. 8 billion reasons to to believe that, to practice it, and to ask God to help us. And uh, I'd like to close our time together, if it's okay with you, with just a prayer. That uh, this book and this work um, and your continued ministry would uh, be a tool and a means to that end. That uh, rather than some kind of elitist hierarchical structure where we elevate people ahead of what God is doing, that we somehow communicate the message that to whomsoever will, God is calling and he's asking for people from all over the planet, uh, north or south of the equator, east and west. Um, you know, male, female, rich, poor, educated, not educated, it, all of those things pale in comparison to the call of God and the desire of God to Amen. save humanity. And so really, it's all hands on deck. If we're willing Amen. to be used by God and if we're willing to stay with him through the journey, I truly believe that he has a desire to use each and every one of us. And so my <clears throat> pardon me, my prayer is that this book and this work will be part of that revelation and realization for people all over the planet that they too Amen. can be used of God because he desires uh, to do that. Amen. Prophetic momentum is pushing us past prejudice and oh, prophetic Amen. momentum is pushing us beyond barriers and, and prophetic momentum is pushing us beyond obviously even our own personalities or personal preferences into the revival that God has designed. And I want to be a part of that, whether it's sweeping the floor 
or announcing or uh, the speaker or <laughs> cleaning up or, yeah. uh, or, or getting yeah. the baptismal robes or, or delivering the message, whatever portion that, that God wants us to be in. And I know you share that, uh, that value system as well and that desire. So why don't we pray for our listeners right now uh, that they will be inspired for apostolic ministry? And why don't we pray as well for your work uh, that God has allowed you to do here this book, that it will be part of this process of inspiring people uh, to become all that God desires for them to be, wherever their point in the journey is now, that God will take each of us uh, to the destination that he desires. Lord, we come before you humbly, and we're thanking you for the time to give together today. We're thanking you for our apostolic friend, Charles Robinette, and his ministry, his family. We thank you for the United Pentecostal Church International, which he serves. And we're thankful for the German-speaking nations where he's currently stationed. And we pray that you, Lord, would have your way in all of those areas. And we pray that you bless his family. We know that they have been patient with him through this process of writing. And and we have laughed and and we've had fun uh, at his expense regarding that process. But we know that they've made sacrifices. And so I ask you to bless uh, Stacey and the girls for their patience in this process and reward them as well. Father, we pray that for each of our listeners and for all of the readers of this book, that you would inspire each of us to become exactly who you desire for us to be. Fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Lord, make us distinct in this world of of sin and and licentiousness. Make us stand out as, as ambassadors of holiness for you. And Lord, I pray that you would set us aflame with apostolic zeal, with missionary zeal to communicate to each person that we encounter that they have been created in the image of God for the glory of God. And Lord, I pray that you would bring a complete worldwide apostolic revival with with the true demonstration of your holiness, your righteousness, your love, and your restoration. And Lord, that not one would be lost, but you would bring all things to yourself. For Father, we believe that you're working through us to accomplish this. I pray that your spirit even now would bless every one of our listeners with an inspiration and desire to be more fully used of you and reflecting you in your glory in this world. Bless our friend, Charles Robinette, God. I pray continued blessings on him and thank you for inspiring him through friends and family to write this book. And we pray that it will accomplish your purpose. In Jesus' name, we pray, Lord, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Man. Thank you so much Thanks, for Doc. being with us. It's been a privilege to sit down with you today through uh, means and to share your burden and your work with our listeners. And uh, we look forward to its availability. And as soon as it is Amen. available, uh, we're going to snap it up and we'll promote it, of course. And we're looking forward uh, to this. And as you move through books two and three, uh, we're here as well <laughs> to hear from about those. Thank you. Doc. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see what editors you choose for those. Uh, after this editorial process. <laughs> <laughs> We're joking. We love you. It's better we the, love you, Aaron better the enemies you, you know. Better the enemies you know. <laughs> we love you, Raymond Wilford. All right. Don't ask for my head on a silver platter. We love you guys very much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Love you, friend. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Apostolic Mentoring Podcast with Charles Robinette. We hope that you will tune in next week. Purchase our new book, Radically Apostolic, available on Amazon in English, German, Spanish, French, and Portuguese. See you on the next episode of Apostolic Mentoring.